What you reading, bro? I'm just looking over the show notes. That boy Rio be calling me cheap, and he sent me a future fourth for David Johnson. Like the fuck is wrong? You can't call me cheap. <laughs> and this nigga asked for for James Robinson for Christian Kirk. Like, huh? That boy sent me Joe Mixon and BTS first for uh, Nick Chubb. They tried to get me to send that for Nick Chubb. <laughs> after after the conversation started with Zach Moss in the first, he went to Joe Mixon in the first. So this nigga real funny, man. Hey, no bullshit. I was looking at a trade that KB sent me at the beginning of the year that I thought was wild. And then I went back to look at it and that shit like... I probably would have thought about accepting that trade now. What was it? I don't even remember, bro. I, I gotta go find it. But it, I was I was thinking about that the other day. It involved like Odell. I forget who the other player was though. I remember thinking that nigga was smoking crack when he said that, but now look at it now, I'm like, uh, that shit wasn't even that bad. Yeah, okay, it was Aaron Jones, Cortland Sutton, KB second from this year, KB second from next year for Odell and Zeke. Yeah, I can see why yeah. at the time he was like, yeah. but I can yeah. see like now you might be like, hmm? yeah, yeah, yeah. If if I wasn't able to move like some of the other pieces for what I did, like I would look at this trade. I would have counted them for like a first at the time, but I probably would have pulled the trick on that. Did you have any uh, questions about the show notes? Nah, no, I didn't. All right, let's get it, man. Elmo is so pissed I'm reneging and taking Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) That boy said, I need insurance. Elmo, shut your goofy ass and nigga. Who are you, Cliff Paul? (laughs) (laughs) Elmo, funny as hell. You ready, bro? Yep. Let's get this cracking. So I got up on this Call of Duty. We are bike. 
Welcome to another episode of the Ace of Spades podcast. Y'all know who the fuck it is, man. It's the host with the most. Cam, a.k.a. the Dynasty Demigod, a.k.a. the Ace of Spades Thanos, a.k.a. the four-time champion, a.k.a. Mr. Okay, I'm reloaded. And I'm in the lab, as always, with co-host Curtis, a.k.a. Kurt Cashy, a.k.a. the Ace of Spades, Tracy McGrady, a.k.a. Danny's big homie, a.k.a. Mr. Take Your Best Player, and send you into a rebuild. Kurt, what's good? It's good, bro. Chilling, bro. <laughs> this, is, this is a pretty big episode, bro. This is the... Final regular season week preview of the year. I can't believe it. I know you can't believe it. It seems like just yesterday we were talking about potentially not having a fantasy football season. And here we are, week 13, previewing the final week of the regular season, trying to figure out playoff seating and all that. And just taking a look at where all these teams stand. It's crazy to think that we've had a full season and it's crazier to think that the full season is already over when it seems like just yesterday we were getting started. Yeah, man, season went by pretty fast. I mean, it, it wasn't like the smoothest, but I'm just happy we, you know, that we're here. It's almost over with. Well, I'm not happy that it's almost over, but I'm happy that we've almost reached the finish line without, you know, needing to stop or canceling the season. I agree. It's 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 a good feeling, and I'm I'm relieved. I think is is um, what you were saying. I'm I'm relieved that we got an opportunity to finish the season and. It's been, you know, another good year for our league. We talked about this briefly a couple podcasts ago about, you know, the league dynamic. But, you know, we go again, you know, another season, um, another impactful one for the Ace of Spades Dynasty League. And we had a ton of participation this year, like a lot of activity, um, even from a lot of GMs who aren't usually particularly active in chat and trades and things like that. So it's been a really good year. Um, um monumental even you know for the ace of spades dynasty league we have you know so many um significant changes to reflect on if we go back to the beginning of the season man and how some of these how some of these teams have shaped out and um you know broken themselves down or built themselves up just depending on you know which direction they went but this was a very dynamic season for the ace of spades dynasty league um anyway as always, we're going to start this episode off with some NFL news and notes. Josh Jacobs out for week 13. Um, what's that little ugly dude's name that used to play for Denver? Devontae Booker? Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be up next for, for a spot start there. So I know Rio has him. Not necessarily a team that's bound for playoff berth, but you know maybe Rio can pull an upset this week. Miles Gaskin is likely to return this week, so... It was fun while it lasted, Salvan Ahmed, but it looks like Miles Gaston is going to come back this weekend and continue his um, momentum that he had before he got injured as the workhorse back for the Miami Dolphins. Julio Jones logs another DMP last time uh, for no practice. Um, looking like a game time decision. I'm not sure if Julio's going to play, and if he is, probably not going to start him. So, I mean... Let's reflect on what we said at the beginning of the season. You know, we said Julio was, you know, old. 
and uh, um, Dusty. He's looking a little dusty, bro. Just injuries piling up, and they're difficult to get over when you get to this age. So how do we feel about that trade that Justin made for Julio, sending um, Devontae Parker and two future firsts? Um, I still, I mean, I, I still understand why he would do it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if that was the smartest move from a dynasty perspective, but I don't know. I mean, Devontae Parker, um, too late future first. I think Rio probably like ends up getting a better end of that trade, but it's like it, at, at the point of the trade, it would seem like pretty low risk for, uh, for Justin, I would think. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, when the trade was made, it was, you know, Julio coming off of a really good season and um, us thinking that he had at least one more, maybe two more dominant seasons left. And um, it's looking like that isn't going to be the case because he's been battling an injury. But, you know, uh, like you mentioned, from a dynasty perspective, man, to what we think is going to be late first round picks. But you know how the dynasty seasons are year over year. Like you never know. Like maybe that 2023 pick is, you know, a mid round pick or, you know, a top five pick. Like we don't fucking know. Uh, Justin doesn't have um, a lot of future proofing on his team. Uh, a lot of his players are older and his team's built around like two good running backs. And we know how running back injuries can just happen out of nowhere. I know Justin's usually pretty good about, you know, fixing his team mid season. But the point is like two future first round picks for a player that you're going to get, you know, a half of a good season out of. It's probably not worth the investment. So it's just interesting, bro, reflecting on this trade in particular because, you know, <laughs> I think it took like maybe five podcast episodes and us like driving Rio in the chat for him to come off Julio or even entertain a trade involving Julio. And it's just like, dude, this is not, this is not opinion-based analysis. Like when we come on this show, we've done research or we read it from somewhere and we've just seen the historical um instances of 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 the situations that we map out for you know our league mates and things like that and you know any receiver going into their age 32 season they usually decline I mean that's just <laughs> I, I just think it's funny bro looking back on the takes that we made preseason bro and how everybody was so you know um defensive about the things we were saying on the podcast and it's just like it's this data-based yeah I'm not you know we weren't trying to attack anybody we're just telling you what it is and if he would have held on to Julio for it, I mean, this season, he definitely wouldn't have been able to get two firsts and a receiver for him. He wouldn't be able to get one first. He wouldn't yeah. be able to get a first by himself. I mean, I, I think even a first by himself would get vetoed at this point, just the way Julio has been uh, producing and knowing what his age is. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, David Johnson, likely to play a week 13. This is funny for Elmo because Elmo picked him up and he was like, I'm surprised I got him. I was like, why? He sucks. And he's David Johnson's backup. Oh uh, yeah, a little Dookie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh yeah, Duke Johnson is uh he's not very good, man. Um you know, he is I, I don't think David Johnson is great, but he's like significantly better than Duke Johnson. So hundred yeah. percent. Uh, uh, and you know, Duke Johnson in our dynasty league got dropped by one of the most um, RB needy teams in the league, if not the most, uh, Jamal's team. He got dropped from Jamal's team. So if, if you're running back and you get dropped from Jamal's team, bro, you are you are bad. Like, period. Um, Nikhil Harry, Dynasty Value Sinks. A, a news items like this are always hella funny because, like, bro, what does this even mean? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I, I, bro, I mean, how how could he get lower than right. what it was? I don't know. I mean, Who's still checking for Nikhil Harry? I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, that's unfortunate for Chris. He drafted him at number three overall. So, fuck. I mean, that's that's a tough pick. 
but he'll have another top four pick this year to bounce back. Um, maybe draft uh, or at least have another shot at drafting, you know, a, a potential franchise player for his team. Kiki QT. Um, actually, let me skip this news and go to the two news items down just to make sure, uh, just to make these other two news items make sense. Will Fuller suspended for six games uh, for, for substance abuse policy violation. Dude. <laughs> Will Hamstring Fuller, dude, he got tired of me calling him Will Hamstring Fuller. He said, yeah, I got something for your ass. He injected some PEDs into his hamstring, boy. That's why this nigga been, been healthy all season and playing at a high level. He's a cheater, bro. I respect it, man. He should try it again, but try not to get caught this time. That's, that's, <laughs> what, I, that's what I do, shit. Hey. Every year, I'm a dope. Uh, make this money. <laughs> Hey, I should have known when this nigga was, was healthy most of the season and putting up these. I should have known this bum-ass nigga was fucking cheating, bro. Yeah, man. He's a... Uh, it's funny to, like, watch him because, like, uh, on a per-game basis, the dude is pretty good. He just never finishes the season. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a an interesting season for, you know, Nick. Uh, not Nikhil Larry, um, Will Fuller and, and watching him produce at the wide receiver one level just to see it come to a um, a crashing halt uh, with, with and I wonder if the investigation had anything to do with the niggas like, wait a minute, bruh, this nigga finna play 15 games? Nah, <laughs> drug test incoming. I wonder if it had anything to do with that, but like I think a lot of people were just as surprised as I was that he was um, playing as many consecutive games as he did without you know those lingering injuries, but yeah, yeah. Um, it is what it is. Kiki QT is going to be the new wide receiver two in the Texans offense, which whatever, I guess. Um, I know Randall Cobb is injured as well as Will Fuller is about to be suspended for six games. And then Isaiah Coulter uh, could see an expanded role. He was like a fifth round uh, Ricky wide receiver. I don't know if that dude's good or not. I'm assuming he isn't very good because um, he didn't steal time away from Randall Cobb or Brandon Cooks or any of those guys, but uh, who knows? I have him on my taxi squad, so I want to see him play to see if he is um, anything. And then Tavon Austin signs with Green Bay. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, we don't care. And then um, I thought this was interesting. Bryce Love won't play this season. Uh, it looks like some of those knee injuries uh, that have piled up for him uh, have become chronic, and he he may not ever play an NFL snap in his career, which is unfortunate because he had a really prolific career in college at Stanford uh, for four, three and a half years before he blew out his knee. So this was my fear for Travis Etienne. This is random, but my fear for Travis Etienne was that he was going to pull up Bryce Love, go back to college and injure himself. I mean, Bryce Love went back to school for a senior season for no reason. He had over 2000 scrimmage yards his junior year. Like, why do you go back to school? I just didn't understand that. Yeah, was he afraid to come out in the draft class with the other people that were in his class? I don't, I don't remember who, who it was, but. I think that was it. That was the Christian McCaffrey class, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, yeah, that would have been kind of ugly for him, I think. I don't know, though. I mean, maybe somebody reaches and takes him above. Like, I mean, it wouldn't even be a reach at that point because he was productive in college. So it's like, I don't know, maybe he – he ends up in fucking, I don't know, Cincinnati or some shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I hope his knee heals, bro. I never like to see players' career ends in the NFL before uh, players' careers end um, in the NFL before they start. But, um, yeah, it was just um, unfortunate circumstances for Bryce Love, man. He had a lot of promise and then just kind of uh, 
fell off the radar, popped back up this year in the in the preseason, and then just kind of fell off again. So that's unfortunate. Kurt, uh, why don't you tackle the Ace of Spades news and notes? I'm gonna look up this Bryce Bryce Love um, story and figure out what year he came out because I can't remember. All right, man. So the, for the Ace of Spades uh, news and notes, we saw a comeback last week. Um, KB thought KB had a game uh, in the bag. Then next thing we know, Jamal pops up in the chat randomly and was like, KB, bring that ass here. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> so Jamal come back went over KB, like uh that that puts you know our prediction and KB's playoff hopes. Uh yeah, it's not looking good. So life support right now. Um and with the way KB's luck is. It might be all she wrote for uh, for KB man. He he's um he's experienced some of the worst luck I've seen uh over the course of this season, with injuries and just losing games like the one he lost to to Jamal. Like I think Jamal needed um like thirty something points from two players and he got like forty or something. He <laughs> had to win the game. So yeah, that was uh that was it. That was an interesting uh, thing that happened over uh over last week. Yeah. Um, it- yeah, it definitely was, bro. And um, definitely, bro, KB's luck has been awful this year. Like, everything that could go wrong has go wrong. Like, Murphy's Law type shit with KB's team. But I did want to say this before I lost this this bookmark. I'm tripping, bro. It definitely, it wasn't 2016. It was fucking 2018. That's the Saquon Barkley class. But, bro, if you remember, um, there weren't very many running backs in this class, bro. Like Rashad Penny went, Sony Michelle went late first round, and then Nick Chubb went early third round. So I'm not really sure why Bryce Love didn't declare, bro. He should have yeah. went ahead of Sony and fucking Rashad Penny. So I don't really know. I don't really know why he went back to school, bro, for a senior year. Yeah, me, me either. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, like, because he definitely could have could have got drafted over some of those dudes for sure. Yeah, I think so. And Ronald Jones went at pick 38, 38 in the early second round. So, yeah. Anyway, but I'll let you finish. I just wanted to figure that out. Yeah, so next news item. I mean, I, I'll, I'll leave this one to you. But so oh, far, yeah. so far through, through the season, you had to have matchups, man. You're undefeated. So if you were able to win this week against BT, which you should be able to, I mean, this will be the first team in – league history to go undefeated in the regular season yeah there's there's not really anything i have to add to this i just think it's pretty cool man like um you know so many weird things happen over the course of the season and then you have to deal with injuries and just the regular grind of the fantasy football year to have anybody have the opportunity to go undefeated um in a season is is pretty cool i you know when it's all said and done we'll see how impactful it is like if i can make it to week 16 again have a chance to win a, a title there then it'll be impactful but I would have rather have gone undefeated, you know, a couple of years ago when I had that team with Saquon Barkley in his rookie season and I lost to Elmo and finished that season 12 and one and went on to win a chip. That's when my team was like head and shoulders above the rest of the league. And I was super dominant this year. It's not really the case. Uh, I, I even scored below the league median one week. So, I mean, if I won a championship this year, it'll mean something to me. Um, it'll mean something to me regardless, but um if if I go into the regular season and lose, or you know, have that blemish and not scoring above the league median, it's not as uh, not as dominant of a season as the record would indicate. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I feel that. So it's either you're gonna be the 
what is it, the 72 Dolphins or the 07 Patriots? That's that's what you're looking at. I'm happy either way. Yeah, I feel that. So um with Elmo beating Chris last week, um Tay Bryan now has the number one overall pick, which for what you thought he would have when you traded him DJ Shark for his uh first pick. You wanna speak to that a little bit? Yeah, bro. I mean, this is this is just an example of somebody having a lot of foresight and not taking any time off during the off season. You know, I made this trade um, after the fantasy football season was over, and you know, even though our platform didn't support it, I'm somebody who plays dynasty year round. You know, I don't take any breaks, bro. I'm constantly following the news and constantly looking at other people's teams and trying to find trade opportunities. So. In the offseason, I looked at Tabron's team and I thought that he had the worst roster. Um, we already thought he had the worst roster from a dynasty perspective, but I also thought that, you know, going into this season with the situations that his players were in and the age that his players were reaching, I just didn't think he had more firepower than anybody. So I projected that he would actually go 0-13 this year, which um, he was proving me wrong, like, a lot. At the beginning of the season, I think through, through four weeks, he had two wins head-to-head. Uh, but he hasn't scored above the league median one time this entire season. I think that's what I was hinting on uh, coming into the season when I projected that he would go on 13. So he's currently on a eight, nine game losing streak. I'm, I'm not sure, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you have to grind year round. And I think um, that's one of the biggest advantages that I have over a lot of the league mates is that I don't really take any time off, but I saw, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out, like, what's going on with this pick. I mean, I tried to give the number one overall pick to Elmo, and I, I don't think Elmo really understands what, what I was getting at or if if, if he st- wanted to earn it. Like, I don't really – like, I don't know. He hopped in the chat and said something weird about the pick and needing, you know, to to uh, lose to Chris or some shit like that uh, for insurance. So, I don't know. But I'm not going to give the – I'm not just going to give it to anybody who don't fucking want it. So we'll have to talk to Elmo. Maybe we'll get him on the show for one of the playoff episodes and see what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, man. I hope he uh, accepts that pick because he could use it. But number two is not bad. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at him and Tay Brian, I mean, it's so funny to look at these records, bro, because if you look at it with, with the league media factored into it, like, Three and twenty-one is a funny ass. Right <laughs> <laughs> Three and twenty-one. <laughs> oh man, that is fucking hilarious. Hey, hey, that nigga, that nigga Tabron came in a chat. He said, "Yeah, bro, I'm getting dusted this week." I said, "This week, boy, boy, you've been getting dusted all season, boy, by everybody." Tabron, funny as hell, but yeah, that's bro. That's some funny ass shit, bro. And it's also funny that, you know, four and twenty Elmo, you know, will fumble the bag at the end of the season. Like I guess arbitrary at this point. Like we don't know what's gonna happen week thirteen or how the draft is gonna shake out. Um, I'll talk to Elmo and figure that out. But you know, they, you know, Elmo has a lot of integrity, man. It's like trying his hardest just to win a game, you know, at the end of the season, even though he has a number one pick sold up, bro. If that's me, like, you know. I'm forgetting to set my lineup, like, you know, forgetting air quotes to set my lineup and shit. Like, uh, it's just funny, like, watching Elmo operate his team, man. But I was happy to see Elmo score over 200 points. He's been trying to hit that threshold all season, and he finally did. You know, it only took him 12 weeks, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I hate it had to be my boy Chris, but he had to do that to Chris, man, you know. Um 
Yeah, that was that was unfortunate, man. But it's funny too, like something else I've noticed, just like looking at, at Tabron's team. My man has not scored 200, 2,000 points yet, bro. Like, oh yeah, he has 1,860 points. Now, just for comparison, you know, we compare him <laughs> to, to, to my team. I got, I have 3,079. So, like, I have a full 1,219 more points than, than, than Tay Bryan on the season. And his uh, points against, <laughs> he's under that by 700 points, bro. <laughs> <laughs> This man is getting cooked, man. Like, yeah, yeah this is Tay Brian definitely. Uh, you know, how you said you, fantasy is uh, dynasty is league is year round for you. Like, Tay Brian definitely needs to get in, in the lab over uh, over the summer, um, for sure. Or during the off season, he needs to figure something out, bro. Because, whoo, that's ugly. He he does need to, but he ain't. I mean, he's gonna show up to the draft. <laughs> With you know, um, um, a motherfucking um, you know, pen and paper asking me like what the draft order is and asking somebody to send him uh, uh, the available free agent players. Which you know, I don't know why Tabor would want any of those guys, he should be drafting like all 21 year olds, uh, for the next several seasons. I mean, he has the oldest team in the league by far by league average, but you just made me think of something when you uh talked about the um, points against. I just realized Tate Brown and KB have two of the roughest seat, uh, schedules in the entire league, uh, 2,500 points against versus KB's 2,600 points against. And it makes me sad for KB because he's actually with a respectable 10 and 14 record against the toughest schedule in the league. Um, so if he misses the playoffs, that's just going to be a really rough break. Um, Tate Brown's closely behind them with, you know, just 30 less points against. And um, he didn't fare, uh, he didn't fare nearly as well uh, against a brutal schedule. So, uh, yeah, it was just interesting comparing Tebron Elmo's uh, teams is, is hella funny, bro, because you got somebody like Elmo who's, you know, based on his strategy, at least was trying to lose every game, you know, this year, literally tried to lose every game and Elmo is f- four and 20. And then you got Tebron who has been trying to win every game for the entire season. And he is three and 21. So you got the team that's trying to lose every game. With more wins than the nigga who's trying to win every game, <laughs> just, that just that's just funny to me, bro. Like that that just goes to show how bad Tate Bron's team is, and um, yeah, he has a ton of work to do to rebuild this roster, bro. It's it's gonna take a lot of uh, uh, getting sexy, bro, and getting freaky in the off season, mid season. Like he's gonna have to come up with some crazy strategy to get himself out of this hole because it's not looking good um go ahead and wrap up these news items bro and we'll get into the week 12 recap yeah so our, our last news item is uh the gym of the year um race update and um i think we agree that uh rio at this point is still in the league for the gym of the year uh race but i think um somebody else has Entered into that conversation, um, I think Justin is probably second behind uh, Rio for the GM of the of the year, and you know Elmo is still in that conversation as well. We have him as the third place team for uh, for right now in that combo. Yeah, I I agree. I think um, 
I think Justin's closing the gap, like you said. Like Justin has entered the chat, kind of came out of nowhere with the Christian McCaffrey trade. I just thought that was such a good trade, and it was so impactful to his team success this season, but also in the future seasons as well, because he got uh, Chris to attach a first round draft pick, which you know could be a mid to early round pick. So I just thought that was a really good trade, and also Justin is is you know all but secured that three seed. Um, after the, the trade that he made with Chris. So, you know, it's been a good year for Justin on the waiver wire as well. And um, he's had more activity than anyone. I think Justin leads the league in activity every season, if I'm not mistaken, when it comes to transactions. So, um, yeah, he paired that with the with the good trade that he made with Chris. And I think he closed the gap on Rio just because of something that you mentioned offline. Rio hasn't had a ton of activity since the last time we did these rankings. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, he's pretty much where he needs to be in terms of strategy, but I think if anybody's closing the gap on what Rio has done, it's, it's Justin. And then Elmo, you know, Elmo could have easily sewn up this award like super early in the season. He just had some really bizarro, like kind of missteps uh, in his process. Like the, the second round pick for Devin Singletary, that was kind of bizarre to me. I didn't really understand that trade at all. And then, um, you know, the Odell Beckham in the first uh, that he accepted for DK Metcalf. It's like, you know, when you when you bring in the age model for a player like DK Metcalf and understand where Elmo is in terms of uh, him trying to secure a rebuild, the knock that I give him on this trade card is not even the fact that, um, you know, he got Odell in the first. It's the fact that Elmo's strategy when accepting a trade is something that we frowned upon in a previous podcast. He, he made a trade to make a trade. So I didn't know this until after the fact, but he acquired Odell in that first so he could flip Odell for another first. And then Odell got injured and he couldn't do that. Like you don't you don't ever make a you don't ever make a double move trade. You don't make a trade to make a trade. And this is a prime example of why you do not do that. Um, a, a player value is so volatile, bro. Like you never know like what's going to happen. And also you never know if you're gonna find a trade partner. Only time you do a trade like that is if like maybe maybe Ray was like, hey, I'll give you a first for Odell if you get him. And then you make a trade like that because you guarantee that you have a suitor for that player. But I mean, if that's the reason he made the trade, that's kind of that was kind of stupid to me. Um, so so he made a few missteps, but I think he's still in the race. We'll figure it out um, once we dive deep after um, the week 13 game slate. We'll go back and figure out, you know, based on transactions and um, current standing and future draft capital and things like that, who uh, truly is the GM of the year. And we'll probably announce that the first playoff episode. So excited to do that. Wait, wait a minute, bro. So why didn't he just get you to get another first so you could get two first for DK if that's what he wanted? No, I did. He didn't ask. He didn't ask. And I think at the time I had three first round picks. So, and I'm, I'm I, honestly at the time, bro, I'm not sure that I would have done it for DK. Cause like you, you of all people know, like I wasn't particularly high on DK Metcalf. Um, but um, I, I think that's a, I think that's a really good question to ask. Uh, he, you know, he acquired a, a Jamal's first round pick, and then you know, planned on sending Odell for another one. And I don't know whose first round pick he was going to pursue because I think you know, most of those first round picks were already sewn up by people who sought out to acquire them. Like I had multiple, like Danny had multiple first round picks, so I, I don't know, like what I don't know what his what his strategy was there, honestly. So I, I can't really answer that question, bro. Yeah, I was I was just curious because then you know if you would have done it that way, then you would have had to figure out 
like how to get another first to send them, I guess, if that's what he wanted. But two first for DK, like, uh, nah. yeah, I don't know if I like that trade <clears throat> either, but. Yeah, I mean, I think if it's, you know, if 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 it were Jamal and Tabron's first, maybe, because then it's like, you know, you get that number one overall pick, like, then, yeah, absolutely. Because I think, you know, for me, if I had an opportunity to send the number one overall pick for DK, from my perspective, like, I wouldn't do that trade. So for Elmo, I could see why something like that would be enticing. But, yeah, I don't know. I didn't find out that out after the fact. That's why he made the trade. So for those reasons, I feel like, you know, it's just, like, bad process, like, bad strategy on Elmo's part. But anyway. We'll see. Um, we'll tally everything up at the end of the, the next week, and uh, we'll announce GM of the year, um, hundred dollar prize for whoever wins. I, I think it's going to be Rio, but we'll see. Um, anyway, week twelve recap. We already talked about this. KOD is twelve and zero. Um, opportunity to go thirteen and zero against BT. Uh, oh, I fucked up the notes right here. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. They're down here. Um, so recap in week twelve. Uh, Cam versus Tabron, bro. We didn't get an opportunity to, to project these, but um, yeah, I think we would have caught this pretty easily, dude. Uh, 315 to 118. Tabron got smoked, yes, yes, he did. That was a uh, pre- pretty bad. Like, uh, it's funny to put up 300 against like Tabron because you know <laughs> he struggled to score 200 points, so yeah. It, in, th- in this case, he struggled to score 120, but yeah, that was a uh, that was uh, funny. That was a funny matchup. It started on Thanksgiving where J.J. Watt went out there and put up 20 points, and I just told him GG because I knew it was over with. You know, something <laughs> like that. Something like that happens on a Thursday, bro, from a team you're already a heavy underdog against. It's just like you're not you're not climbing out of that hole. Uh, Justin versus Fake Sharp Danny. Justin won 255 to 189. Uh, Kurt, you versus BT. I actually thought this game was really close at one point, and then you kind of pulled away or, or like BT imploded at the end. Uh, you won 208 to 176. Um, Elmo versus Chris. We touched on this as well. Elmo, 227 points to Chris's 155. He put Chris out of his misery, man. I'm I'm so happy he did. Like, Chris, just, just it's over, bro. Stop trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, bro. Just just lose this week, too, bro. And just go under the, under the medium, bro. Just get the, <laughs> get the top three pick, bro. Just secure it. Yeah, dude, I mean, just just let it happen, bro. Just It's okay. Just let it happen. Uh, Ray versus Rio. Um, Ray, 232 to Rio's 174. Ray here, um, you know, he, he didn't start one of his uh, – I mean, he started a running back that was AFK, a running back who wasn't playing DeAndre Swift and still scored 232 points. You know, I'm glad Will Fuller dumbass got suspended, bro, because this is one less player I have to worry about on Ray's fucking cheesy team, dude. Like, I, I take Mahomes off this nigga, and this nigga's still out here putting up these these gaudy numbers, bro, when he's not setting his proper lineup and shit. Like, this is, like, kind of a scary team to play against. Yeah, bro. Uh, if Tony Kill put up 65 against me, I don't even know what I'd do, bro. Uh, I really don't. I do. I'll buck Ray ass. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he he he's been putting up a lot of points recently, man. And and uh, I, we didn't touch on this. Um, oh, we'll touch on it a bit in this in, uh, when we talk about the seedings. But you know, the number one seed is still up for grabs as well as that three seed, so he could potentially catch. Justin, if I'm not mistaken, he would have to outscore him by a ton of points, I believe. Um, but uh, um, he could still push for that number. Ah, never mind. It's not going to happen. He's down by two. He would have to outscore Justin by over 200 points. Never mind. So these seeds are actually kind of locked in. Justin, number three, um, Ray at number four. But the one and two seed hasn't been uh, decided yet. It'll be decided after this week. Um, 
last matchup of the week was a matchup that we touched on earlier as well, Jamal versus KB. Jamal was down by like 28 points and all he had was Marlon Humphrey and TJ Watt and they got him 40 points. And uh, he came back to win over KB, which was just unfortunate for KB. Yeah, man. Oh, man, that's a, that's such a shitty way to lose, too. Um, when it's like, and then it was, bro, you lost in the, on a Wednesday afternoon, too. That's it. it was just, <laughs> This feels nasty, bro. You know what I mean? Like these niggas playing Man. at two o'clock on Wednesday. Like that's how you lose, bro. That's so, ugly. Yeah, that's ugly. Bad. I mean, Aaron Jones is kind of falling off. He only got him thirteen points. You know, Robert Woods played okay. He had to start Brian Hill and Giovanni Bernard, bro. Anytime my playoff hopes are are resting on Brian Hill and Gio Bernard, I'm not feeling too comfortable about that. And then his IDPs kind of shit the bed as well. While Jamal's IDPs went crazy, bro. I mean, he benched Mostert. I'm not sure how much of a boost that would give him he even uh, T Higgins, you know, th- those are just guys that I'm playing over Brian Hill and, and Gio Bernard, bro. I'm, I'm playing T Higgins and most of over those guys just from name value alone. I'd rather lose with those guys uh, than, than try to win with Brian Hill and Gio. So uh, maybe he made a couple mistakes there. I don't think that would have got him to win, but uh, he would have been like really, really close. Uh, I could do the math on that later, but uh, very unfortunate for KB. I think it is his playoff hopes are, are all but cooked. He still has a chance um you know to catch bt it just depends on what bt does this week if bt beats me this week that means it's over with for kb it's over with for jamal it's over with for rio um and uh yeah i mean uh it really it fall it comes down to bt for these guys bro i wanted to say something too like more so than um than even hill and bernard bro i would have played t higgins over uh Patrick. Oh yeah, that was he, would he have bro? No bullshit. He damn near would have won. Yeah, he would have because it's that's a that's you know he would have fourteen more points and he would have won. Yeah, he yeah he's kind of trash for doing that. Like Patrick and, and oh also bro wait he played Tim Patrick with that wide receiver throwing the ball. That, that's what yes bro. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. KB. You trash. You trash, dude. You trash. Dude, I completely forgot. And that goes for BT, too. And that goes for Rio for starting that nigga, too. Like, what Rio thought that nigga was going to be Michael Vick? Bro, I, you know what's funny? I, like, saw that. I'm like, okay, so this dude used to play quarterback. I'm like, I'll pick him up and, you know, I'll see what happens. Because I didn't know, like, you know, what the, what the deal was. Then I looked at his college stats and I looked at like some of his college highlights. I just dropped him because I knew him. Like <laughs> he was this bad in college. I'm like he's getting to go out here and he's not gonna complete a pass, probably. Yeah, he and, completed one pass. Yeah. And he was he was signed up from the practice squad too. G. This nigga don't even know the offense as a wide receiver. You think he's gonna know the, the offense as a QB? So yeah, that's just I yeah, I agree. And then th- that being the reason that KB lost, because he started Tim Patrick over T Higgins. Like, why would you bench T Higgins anyway, bro? I just, mm, I don't like that. Anyway, that wraps up the week 12 recap. Let's get into the week 13 preview. Um, Cam versus BT. We talked about this matchup. Who you got, bro? I'm taking you. I'm taking BT. Yeah, right. People just don't go undefeated in fantasy football, bro. It just doesn't happen, bro. It's going to happen this year. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Some fugues is going to happen, bro. This nigga Miles Gaskin is going to come back and put up 40 on me. Um, Justin versus Ray. Who you got in this matchup, bro? 
Man, that's this is actually uh, not an easy call for me. I think I'm gonna lean towards Justin though, but I don't feel super um, confident about that. Bro, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Ray. I'm gonna take Ray right now. Justin's got Julio in his lineup. I don't even know if he's gonna play. If he does play, he's gonna be seeing a lot of Marshawn Lattimore on a bad leg. Then he's got Drew Locke playing against Kansas City, who's underrated. That team, that team's defense is really good against QBs. Ray should have DeAndre Swift back against a Chicago Bears defense that does a really good job against running backs on the ground. But DeAndre Swift catches passes, so I think he has a safe floor of like 10, 15 points. And then Ray's got Miles Sanders against Green Bay. I mean, Miles Sanders hasn't been great this year, bro, but if there's a get right spot, uh, get right spot on the schedule, it's this week against Green Bay. And then his, his shitty quarterbacks have good matchups, bro. You know, Ray has two of the worst uh, QBs in the league in terms of fantasy upside. I shouldn't really say that about Ryan Tannehill, but Baker Mayfield brings his duo down a bit, in my opinion. He's got Tannehill versus Cleveland and um, Cleveland versus Tennessee. So he's got those two uh, quarterbacks playing against defenses that are pretty friendly against quarterbacks. So, um, yeah, I don't know, bro. Deshaun Watson has Indiana. That's not a that's not an easy matchup. Uh, Terry McLaurin against Pittsburgh. Uh, that's not going to be an easy matchup for Alex Smith. And then he's got Keenan Allen versus New England. He's going to see a lot of Stephon Gilmore. I'm going to pick Ray. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick Ray pretty easily in this matchup. Uh, I don't think I don't think Justin's going to win this game. That's a good analysis, bro. Uh, I can't really dis- can't really refute anything that you said. And then, but, uh, you know, you actually kind of kind of swaying me, but I, I think I'm gonna just go with my gun on this one, bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Justin going going this matchup. Yeah, I mean, if it feels it feels it feels normal, it feels right to say Justin's gonna win. I mean, um, he has the the better team, he has name value too. But I think I think Ray wins this because of matchups. Um, Who's next? We got uh, Kurt versus Elmo. I'm, I'm taking you in this matchup, Kurt. Who you got? Me. I'm taking me. Yeah, and then we have uh, Fake Trap Danny versus Chris. Uh, who you have? In the, uh, who do you have in this matchup? I'm gonna take Danny, man. I'm gonna take Danny. Uh, let me see. Uh, well, Josh Jacobs not gonna play. Uh, Zeke plays Baltimore. Oh, never mind. I'm gonna take Danny too. Um, and then we have uh, Rio versus KB. <laughs> who you got in this matchup, bro? I'm gonna take Rio. <laughs> I'm gonna take Rio too. <laughs> Man, I just I can't pick KB in confidence anymore, bro. With confidence anymore, I'm gonna take Rio in that matchup. And then, last but not least, we got uh, Jamal versus Tate Brown. Who you having this one, man? I'm taking Jamal. Yeah, I'm gonna take Jamal too, and hope uh, hope he handles business. So at least I can say I I earned. Uh, the number one overall pick with my strategy. So that wraps up the week 13 preview. We'll recap that when we talk about the week 13 recap going into the playoffs. So um, I put a, a note here to talk about the playoffs, but we kind of already talked about the seeding. Let's just talk about, you know, who's gone fishing, bro. So Tay Brown and Elmo already went fishing. And now Chris, how do I? <laughs> <laughs> Oh 
boy, Chris, get your ass out of here, boy. Trying to make uh trying to make the playoffs with that uh patchwork ass roster, boy. You out of here. Top three pick incoming. Let's get it. But that's I think you know what I like. I'm not happy to see Chris lose. I know Chris tries to win, so like, and Chris is my boy. I'll, I'll fuck with Chris. So I would, you know, but this is actually probably the best thing that could happen for him if he secures that number three pick. He just has to make sure he gets on that pick. But dude, yeah, like bro, like this nigga be like, if so and so, so and so happen, I can make the playoffs. I do why though? Make the playoffs for what? Yeah, I I, I I would like to make the playoffs if I felt like, okay, I I know I have enough firepower to beat anybody in the playoffs. Not like, right. Well, I need this team to have a real bad week and then I need to have a good one. Like, I don't, you know, I don't like them odds, bro. Nah, bro. I only want to make the playoffs if I have a chance to win a championship. I don't want to make the playoffs at all if I don't have a chance to win a championship. And Chris's team does not have a chance to win a championship. So... Yeah, that's Chris added to the gone fishing. All other teams as of now still have a mathematical chance to make the playoffs, though a couple of you motherfuckers really don't. It's like a non-zero chance, but like a 1% chance y'all make it anyway. Let's talk about the power rankings and then wrap this up. Coming in at number 12 in the power rankings, y'all know who the fuck it is, man. Tay Brown, dude. The worst GM with the worst team now has the worst record. Kurt, everything... Everything is as it should be. It, it only took it only took 12 weeks, but order has been restored and Tabron is right where he belongs at the bottom of the standings and the bottom of the power rankings. Yeah, man. I, like I said, I, I just hope that Tabron hears what we're saying on this podcast, bro, and he, he implements some type, some sort of strategy going into next season because Bro, if he if he just goes if he prepares for this season for next season the way he prepared for this one, guess where Tabor is gonna be again next year? Twelve. He guessed it. Twelve. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's gonna be twelve. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, coming in at number eleven, uh, Elmo. Um, that wraps up the tier four, the rebuilders plus Tabron. And then coming in at tier three, actually, let's put Chris in that tier four, number ten. Uh, we got Chris. Rebuilders plus Tabron, because even though Chris won't admit it, I'm going to say Chris's rebuild team. Uh, the average Joe's coming in number nine is Rio. This is another team that we projected so low all season. Kurt and Rio was like, Yeah, I'm gonna mess around and make the playoffs with my rebuild roster. And I was like, No, you're not. It is not. <laughs> it, it, like the, the cream rises to the top, and you know, the the teams that aren't good end up being at the bottom, bro. So Rio finally reached the bottom four where we've been ranking him all season. And Kurt, sometimes it just takes a while for those those intelligent predictions that we make to materialize, bro. But here we are. Rio coming in at number nine in the power rankings, where we've had him pretty much all season, nine, ten, uh, whatever. But uh, his team record is starting to reflect that. Jamal moved up a couple spots to number eight after beating KB. Um, wait, my bad. Jamal should be actually up one. So I think I had KB here at this eight spot. BT at seven. Uh, I'm sorry, KB at eight, Jamal at seven, and BT at six. My bad. Um, and then Danny at five to round off this average Joe's tier. And then tier two, we got coming in at number four is Ray um, in a tier by himself. He's in between the tier with um, Kurt, myself, and Justin, and this tier with 
Danny KB, BT, Jamal, Rio, and Chris, just because I think his team is better than theirs, but not quite as good as ours. And then we got tier one, um, Justin at number three, Curtis number two, and myself coming in at number one after um, a few a few really good performances. So I kind of like being the number two, bro, because I can fly under the radar and just smoke niggas and keep my undefeated record, and then there's no pressure on me going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, but if anybody's really been paying attention, you know, like it's it's really been a toss-up between me, you, and Justin on who's going to score the most points over the past, like, four or five weeks. I, I think, like, I did it twice. Justin might have done it a couple of times, and I think you've done it, like, a few times, too. So, it's, I mean, it's been really close. I think um, more consistently, though, like, I've been not the highest-scoring team, like, uh, at the beginning of the season – I was the high scoring team like quite a few times. And then uh, since then, it's just, you know, just hasn't been the same, bro. That's all. Nothing was the same, bro. I mean, I, I've, I've completely transformed my team. Like I had to make a lot of trades to get to the point that I am right now, but I kind of hinted on that to you offline at the beginning of the season. I said, if I thought I had a chance, I was going to make some moves to um, build a contending roster. And I think um, I did a really good job of that. I mean, Nick Chubb, bro, and DK Metcalf, bro, like, holy acquisitions, bro. Like, goddamn, those guys are good at football. Yes, yes, they are. Um, yeah, man, the uh, fuck DK, bro, I'll be looking at that nigga. Man, watching him play, uh, watching him play against, uh, what's my man's? Uh, Pat P? Uh, no, nah, big, big play Slay. Oh, Darius Slayton, yeah, yeah. He was doing it to his ass, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. He um, he he's a really good football player, and just to think he's only a year two is gonna be scary. But yeah, that wraps up the power rankings, man. Um, uh, I think this is uh, this is probably the last power rankings update we'll do going into the playoffs, unless something like crazy happens. But I don't think anything's gonna change uh, where we have these teams ranked going into the playoffs. We'll kind of switch up the format of the podcast, y'all, going into uh, the um week 14 through 16 games, but we'll let y'all know what we decide. Anyway, Kurt, do you have anything to add? I do not. And that's the show. That is the fucking show. As always, please tune in to our next episode. We're going to do the week 13 recap. We've already done GM of the year update, but we are going to put two teams under our microscope next episode just to get it over with and wrap up those teams. And then we'll do like a bonus episode where we bring in Danny or some shit and um, they can have fun like throwing my team under a microscope because I know a couple people have asked uh, Kurt and Danny to do that. So we'll make sure we get that done before the end of the season to get the people what they want. Jayna <laughs> Rose voice. So um, anyway, y'all, uh, I'm rambling. Drop the outro. Holla at you boys later. And remember, it's up there and it's still stuck there. Peace.